trying to hone in. And this is what I love, Kyle, is that it's so cool. Before it used to be like, oh, double unders, whatever, right? Just get a light speed rope. And, you know, if you can get it shorter, great. It'll be a faster turnover cycle. Uh, but now this is where this really comes into play if somebody is paying attention to the details. Because here's the thing. Uh, a lot of athletes I've encountered, they leave their crossover ropes way too long, right? And just because they think, oh, I need this big opening in order to fit through. Fitness fans of all ages, welcome to the Masters Fitness Championship podcast, where we get a chance to talk all things Masters Fitness Championship as we lead into September 29th to October 1st in Fort Wayne, Indiana at the War Memorial Coliseum. Hey, got a very special guest on with us. The owner of RX Smart Gear, Dave Newman, is coming on to talk about Bjorndalen, the workout that will be opening Saturday morning. It is a thousand meter ski and every minute on the minute, you've got to hop off, you've got to do 20 crossovers with that uh, RX Frivo rope. So Dave is going to talk a little bit about some strategies. He's going to talk a little bit about how is it that you can make that crossover as clean as possible um, and, and talk just a little bit about different ways that you can approach this. Now, one thing I want to make very clear is Dave was talking about a previous conversation he had with CJ Martin where um, you could do either two-foot takeoff or like the running, uh, running takeoff with the crossovers where it's one foot and then the other. Uh, if you have been looking and paying attention, no, you have to do a two-foot takeoff in the competition if you're using this for the Masters Fitness Championship coming up this weekend. I want to be really clear about that. He's got some great thoughts. Hey, maybe you can use that in a future competition, but not this weekend. Uh, I want to make sure the world doesn't implode and I'm not giving the judges fits here in my conversations. Well, ladies and gentlemen, Dave got some awesome stuff for you. So, hey, enough of me. Let's hear from Dave. Well, fitness fans, we've been talking to the experts. And today we have possibly the expert of all experts in his subject area. Uh, we've got the high priest of hopscotch himself, Dave Newman. Uh, Dave, buddy, so excited you're here. Dave is the owner of RX Smart Gear. He is uh, the, the expert all things uh, jump rope in CrossFit. Dave, really appreciate you taking your time, man. Kyle, thanks for having me. And dude, high priest of hopscotch, that is creative. I have never heard that before. <laughs> That's awesome. Buddy, I'm, I'm nothing. Writing that down. I'm writing that down because that is so funny. <laughs> I'm nothing if not entertaining, brother. You you know that, dude. You know that. Seriously. Seriously. That's awesome. Thanks well, for having uh, me, bud. Oh, dude, we're we're super excited, man. And, and so before we get into the workout for MFC, I wanted to ask you. You know, obviously, um, I think as the CrossFit world has evolved, uh, we went from where double unders were a difficult thing to where now it's kind of assumed that almost everyone can do them, especially within the competition world, but even expanding outside of that. I think with that came the anticipation that after double unders, um, in order to make it where CrossFit was more difficult for the more advanced, that they were going to be going to triple unders. I think people just kept, we just keep waiting for it and waiting for it. Um, and then CrossFit did this fun little thing where they threw in the crossover. Uh, I, I wanted to get your opinion. I've heard you talk before on the progression and how that there are so many other progressions outside of just adding another spin to the rope. Um, what did you think uh, about CrossFit throwing in the crossover before they went to the triple under or anything else they could go to? 
Yeah, no, great question. So, A, I, I was um, supremely delighted to see it. Let's put it that way. Uh, absolutely ecstatic. B, completely surprised that it um, showed up that early and, and really unannounced. And the, the reason it surprised me is that um, I don't think it's a secret. Uh, at least a lot of people that follow us know that I've, I've been trying to influence the games with variety of jump rope um, challenges throughout the years, um, just because I'm a huge fan of the sport, right? I am a CrossFitter. My business started because I started CrossFitting over 15 years ago. And uh, so as a fan and somebody who does it daily uh, and realizes that, you know what, um, there, there are new challenges to be had out there. And, you know, when, when you get so efficient and so good at a movement, You've got to throw in a wrinkle. You've got to come up with another layer so that it it, it, it um, provides a better challenge and a better stimulus. So, um, you know, we've known for years that you know triple unders are kind of like on the wings, and and the big drawback there is just uh, if the judges could judge them properly, and that's the big scare. I think, um, you know, that's not that's not anybody from HQ telling me that specifically we all just assume that that's, that's what the, um, the hold holdback is because we know athletes can do them, right? You give them a challenge, they figure it out. Um, but, but, um, yeah, so with crossovers, we've been teaching crossovers to athletes for years, right? We, we, we became the official, uh, partner to USA boxing almost a decade ago. And we get to travel up to Colorado Springs, um, the Olympic training center and, and, and work with the boxers up there and the coaches and, I did not know that. That's absolutely amazing. You so you're the official training partner for for USA Boxing, huh? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we've been we've been a, a, their official jump rope uh, uh, for yeah. They, they were our first Olympic uh, partnership um, that we started almost ten years ago, and so yeah. So you know that's just and we we're obviously we've been fans of all combat sports, and if anybody follows boxing, uh, a, a crossover double under is such a, a basic staple for a boxer. Um, because just just the the level of of hand eye coordination, timing, speed, all the factors that go into that skill are are you know so much greater than a, a double under or even just a single under, and so it's just a great training stimulus. And so, you know, I started. You know, we've been teaching athletes for years, and then uh, beginning of last year, we came out with. Uh, a freestyle rope that was ideal for learning those movements or doing those movements. That's our, the Frivo rope, you know, the beaded rope. And, and I believe they're using them at the MFC championships. So, um, so when that rope came out, you know, we just, we started anytime we got together with any athletes that we had relationships with, we would throw it out there like, Hey, do you want to learn how to do a crossover? It just makes you a better athlete. Bottom line, it makes you a better athlete, but it's, it's neat to learn new skills. So um, it, was, it was funny because before the games last year, I actually was out shooting media with Laura Horvath and Danny Spiegel and Alex Smith and taught them all three how to do crossovers. And Laura really took to them. Laura could just smash them. It was fantastic. Um, uh, just the way she really, really put her head down to figure them out. Um, and then when I saw Bosman at the, um, at the sanctionals, like 2022 sanctionals in, in, um, in Tennessee, um, I gave him one of the freebos and said, boss, have you ever heard of crossover double unders? It's such a great skill. It's, it's, you know, uh, it, it doesn't take more athleticism 
than triple unders just takes more coordination but it's very learn it's very learnable right very accessible and i think they just look cool as hell and so he just kind of nodded and took it all in and i just said just think about it just think of you know just keep that in mind here take this rope give him a shot and so then i would check in with him every once in a while um and just see you know if he's been trying them and uh did not expect them to show up in you know you know, like a couple months later at the games, complete shocker. And um, afterwards, I reached out to him and I said, hey, I'm just curious, like, how much did I have to do with that showing up in the games? And he said, funny story, that workout, that um, skill speed medley that they did with all the single unders, double unders and crossovers, he had that workout completely programmed, completely <laughs> drawn up before he and I had that encounter in Knoxville. And, but he said that he just wasn't confident. It was time that it, that people were ready to put it in. And then I made this big, you know, dramatic push for it. And he said that that was the nudge that that made him go for it. You know, he goes, that gave me the confidence, like, hey, screw it. Let's go for it. And threw it out there. So um, super excited that he did. Yeah. Uh, wish it could have been, I think it could have been executed a little bit better. Like with that skill, I think um, letting athletes have a little warning to prepare and, um and and you know get some kind of uh, feeling of what that movement should feel like. Uh, I know that if I had if I had ten or fifteen minutes with those athletes beforehand, it would have been a much better show because they they would have been way more successful. Because just understanding and having just a few cues um, is is immensely helpful. So yeah, so super stoked. Yeah, after, I mean, after that was, I don't remember if it was after the event was announced or after it was completed. I remember you came over to the MFC booth and just put on a little impromptu clinic and we're teaching people how to do crossover double unders. And, uh, and you know, it took a couple of minutes, but people really started to pick it up. So it, it you know, it shows there's there's a lot of skill um, and understanding that's involved. But you when you mix the athleticism that CrossFit innately brings, uh, very possible. Um, so let me, let me ask you, let me ask you this with the, um, uh, as, as we, as we look at this, uh, and, and as we look at, uh, you know, kind of the, the crossovers and everything, what comes, what comes after a crossover? Is there something else that comes after a crossover or is it time for a triple under? Well, uh, uh, uh for as far as like a double under crossover. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Double under crossovers, the, the, there are a couple variations. So it just depends. There, there are a couple layers that they can go with that, right? Uh, where where things don't become too much of a circus trick, right? Like, you know, there's some things that, you know, um, I, I think you, you ride the line between, hey, is this an effective fitness skill that you're demonstrating, you know, all the, the you know, 10 characteristics of fitness, right? The accuracy, coordination, balance, yada, yada, yada. Or do you cross over that line to where, you know, that that's kind of just a circus trick. It's kind of it's kind of pointless to me. So I, I know the games can kind of get into some of those. And it's a matter of opinion, honestly. But um, so with crossover double unders, you know, there's two versions. There's there's where you cross on the first under and you open up for the second under or you're open on the first under cross on the second. And then the, the third ver variation is actually you cross your arms and you stay crossed for both unders. Right. Oh, OK. Um, yeah. So there's, there's a few different variations there. The games, um, last year, 2022, the games allowed them to do either the open cross or the cross open. Those were the two versions allowed. Um, so 
you know, one of the things they could do is just dictate, hey, you're going to do this one. This is the one you got to do. Um, the other thing they could do is say um, you got to do a mixture of both in the same set, which which would be which would oh, be yeah. hard, harder to judge for sure and much harder for the athlete as well. Right. Because it's yeah. just you have to be used to seeing it and knowing what what to expect. So um, so after after that, um, yeah, I think then a triple under becomes much more accessible and and, you know, reasonable. Mm -hmm. But. You know what? All summer long, Kyle, I, I've been coaching. You know, all, all of the top twenty male, female, not even top twenty, but definitely the top twenty male, female, and a lot of teams athletes. I've been coaching them on crossover double unders and uh, triple unders leading up to the the games because we just we really thought that one of those was going to show up, and uh, super surprised that they didn't, and they they retreaded the old heavy rope from twenty sixteen. Um, which I actually sent Boz an email after the games, kind of letting him know my disappointment that, um, you know, so many athletes were ready to show off their skills, you know, on, on crossover dubs. After last year's debacle, mm -hmm. this year, it would have been a completely different spectacle. I mean, athletes would have been crushing it, even for triple-unders. Like, they were ready for that, too. Yeah. And yeah. Um, and then they retreaded that old, you know, rogue heavy rope. I love rogue, and I love their products, but that rogue heavy rope, is just not a challenge for athletes anymore. You know, they, they, they've been using it since 2016. Uh, it's got weight in the handles, which really counterbalances the weight in the cable. So it just, once you learn how to move that, that rope, it just doesn't provide a stimulus anymore for these athletes. So uh, in my opinion, so yeah, so I was kind of bummed and, and, and that I asked him to retire that rope, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway well no absolutely man hey so so let me let me ask you this um so i want to take a look at uh the mfc workout bjorndalen uh bjorndalen is four time you've got a thousand meters on the ski erg uh sounds pretty simple except for the fact that every every minute including the very first so at three two one go uh you've got 20 crossovers with the the freevo uh, and you do, you do that until you complete a thousand meters on the ski erg. So every time you'll start with a 20, then you'll go to the ski erg. When the minute hits, you, you let go of the handles, you pick up your free bow and you got 20 more. So Dave, what are you, you know, first off, just general thoughts. What do you think about this workout? Oh man, I, I love this workout. Uh, I really love this workout, especially, um, you know, I've been, uh, I've had a little, uh, dinged up knee, so I've been avoiding, um, you know, running and a lot of, you know, impact stuff. And so I've been on the ski erg a lot and man, the, the ski erg, if you really try and move the needle in the ski erg, it gets you, you know, it, uh, I wouldn't say as bad as a, as an assault bike. Um, but in a different way, it definitely gets you and fatigues you. And, uh, I know there's a lot of technique to, to, to doing that ski erg properly, but, um, so I, I absolutely love it. And I know when the fatigue level starts hitting in, uh, or setting in, when, when athletes get back to those crossovers, um, there's going to be some, some stumbling. There's going to be some pauses, uh, catch a big breath, get composed and then get into it. But you know, you don't have much time. You got, like you said, you got a minute and you got to get going, but it's going to be the trade off of compose yourself before you start and then have a nice clean straight set. Or if you just try and rush right into it, uh, I can, I can surmise there's gonna be a lot of tripping, you know, and you really want to minimize the tripping. So the one caveat to, to that skill, because uh, I got to work with CJ, I didn't know what the workout was, uh, but I got to talk to CJ who programmed it um, about the crossover skill and um, kudos to CJ because he's a trailblazer 
And I, I coaxed him into allowing athletes to do uh, the, the option of either two-footed crossovers or running in place crossovers. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, and I'm super excited about that because that's, you know, that's going to really show who's been training that skill and practicing all the variations of it. And everybody that I teach, masters, elite athletes, you name it, uh, I teach them two-footed crossovers. And as soon as they understand that, I immediately move them into running in place crossovers. And then I tell them, if you get the option to do running in place, that's always faster than just two-footed. It's always faster if if you if you have it if you have the coordination for it mm-hmm. uh, you can def, you can manipulate and move the rope faster and and speed up your steps faster than you can hop in one place and so um, wow. so it's going to be really interesting to see who opts to do that right yeah um, and and the one caveat though just so that it didn't mess up the judges is the athlete has to declare to the judge when they walk on the floor which version they're doing and mm-hmm. they can't change. They have to stick with that version throughout the whole workout. Mm-hmm. Um, so if, some, if somebody's struggling on the running in place and they're like, oh crap, I'm falling behind and they want to go back to two footed, they can't. So um, there's, a, there's a risk level there. So oh, yeah. I'm, I'm excited for it. Super excited. Yeah, no, absolutely. So with this, um, you, you talk about, obviously as you come back and as the fatigue sets in, you know, you're going to start seeing some problems. When you see athletes struggling and tripping on the crossover, what is it that they're struggling with? What is it they should be focusing on to avoid that? Yeah, uh, perfect question. So a lot of times it's really their arms just start to get lazy. Your arms have to be very intentional and very exact as far as placement, right? Um, As well as just keeping nice tension on the rope. So if somebody's a little bit too jerky with the rope on their rotations and not just keeping it nice and smooth and then making very definitive crossing motion, right? Like you got to, you don't need to be fast, but you need to be intentional and make sure you get your hands across your body down low, uh, down by your hips. You want your hands right outside your pockets, just like, just like in your normal double under position, you want your hands outside your pockets. When you cross, you want to let yourself get a little bit hollowed out to get your hips out of the way and get your hands down by your hips again on the cross. And then when you uncross, again, be very intentional about bringing your hands right back to just outside the pockets where what I I see a lot of athletes start to do is their arms just start to cross up high. They just pull their arms across their belly or across their chest instead of down across their hips. And then when they uncross, they let their elbows fly away from their, their sides, like, like, you know, goal wing on a, on a uh, Mercedes, you know, goal wing doors. So, you know, you gotta be very intentional about keeping your elbows, you know, near your torso at all times, your elbows should not um, fly away from the torso. So I think if you can be calm, cool, and collected, just regulate your tension and be very intentional and precise about your arm movements, um, you know, somebody, especially with, with uh, 20 crossovers, um, you know, they're going to count the moment the, the athlete crosses their arms in front of their body. That's the first rep. And as long as they're always alternating between uncrossing and crossing and crossing, every rep counts. Right. Mm-hmm. So technically, that's 20 single enders. So how long how long would you say 20 single enders would take somebody just a normal a- athlete? Probably 10 seconds. There you go. Right. Easy or less. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. They just cruise through 20 single unders doesn't take long at all crossover if you do it unbroken 
shouldn't take you much longer, right? Because uh, you're not going that much slower. You're just manipulating the rope in the process. So, so, so you can use that as kind of your gauge of like, okay, how much transition time? How much time will they have to get back on the erg and you know try and pull their meters? So it's gonna be a fun workout, man. I'm 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 stoked to see how that goes. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like the so that you know, you talk about with the precision that's needed for the cross. Um, the the harder that somebody goes after that ski erg you know, being all arms and you know, that, that when you start to lose the, the lose the feeling in your arms, cause you've been going so hard, it's really going it, to, there's a definite trade-off. Like where is the fitness and where is your coordination and your precision going to come in? I, I really, I really like that. All right. What do you think? Um, uh, so, so we talk about this, uh, you know, I know, I know we're talking a lot about the jump rope, but what do you think a, a really excellent finishing time is? If you saw somebody finishing this time, you would say that's attainable, but I'm also really impressed. Gosh, man, you're you're putting me on the spot there. Because honestly, um, I don't even know what a really good thousand meter ski erg time should be. I'm honestly, I'm just not aware of like what uh, what what how long that would be. Like, uh, I mean, on a rower, a good a good thousand meter time is like what th three between three and three yep. and a half minutes, maybe. Yeah. So yeah, what yeah. would it be on a skier? I don't, I don't, what do you think? I would, I would say, I, I would say if, if I see a thousand in, if I see a thousand in four minutes, um, I think, I think for the, for the fire breathers, I think four minutes is, is pretty easy, but I think I'm always okay. impressed at, at four minutes. At four minutes. Okay. So, so then, uh, I would say anything just because of transition time, you know, right. Transition time back and forth and, you know, losing 10 to 15 seconds on, on crossovers, man. Um, Six to seven minutes has to be a good time, wouldn't you think? I, I would think so, yeah. And so, and and so, I got to tell you, you know, CJ's really pushing it here because with the, I mean, the time cap's eight minutes. So there's oh, a, it is. I, yeah. Whew. And so I, I think I think what we're seeing with some of CJ's workouts, and I know we haven't talked about all of them, but I think we're seeing with some of CJ's workouts and this one as well is, is there's there's going to be a group that finishes, but there's also going to be a group, a, a large group, I would suspect that you know you're on the floor, and so it now it, it's not about can I finish. Like, can I get to the line in front of that person? Um, it's almost one of the worst positions to be in in competition is you're effectively just doing a whole bunch of AMRAPs. Um, and so you're right. trying, to, trying to work against that clock and say, okay, can I get another couple of crossovers in before that person gets another couple of crossovers? So it will certainly be interesting. Just get a light speed rope. And, you know, if you can get it shorter, great. It'll be a faster turnover cycle. Uh, but now this is where this really comes into play if somebody is paying attention to the details, because here's the thing. Uh, a lot of athletes I've encountered, they leave their crossover ropes way too long. Right. And just because they think, oh, I need this big opening in order to fit through. But what they what they are, are missing, uh, the point is that that big, long rope now takes a lot more to manage the tension. Right. In order to move it around your body and flip it back and forth like a pancake. So that causes somebody to do use bigger arm strokes. They kind of have to throw their arms farther away from their body and, and to get that rope turned over and keep the tension. So, um, so that's really going to come into play. Just as you mentioned, when they're yanking on that ski erg, they're going to feel double duty, you know, just overtaxing their, their arms and shoulders. And then the person who, uh, has really shrunk their rope down and gotten their movements real compact, uh, I think is definitely the better thing to do, 100%. That's just more efficient. But 
your tolerance is less. Like you, you, ha you know, you have to make sure that you are stepping on pace and your crossing is, is, you know, getting where it needs to be. You're not shorting your cross um, to, to get that rope turned over. So uh, I love it, man. It, it really uh, it brings a lot of cool wrinkles into play to, to watch, watch how they play out. Yeah. It's going to be a great way to open up Saturday. So Dave, thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen, Dave Newman, as you've heard, uh, boy, he he knows more about jump ropes than you or I may ever learn. Uh, definitely the expert. He is a, a, a Power Monkey coach. Uh, he is out at Power Monkey. He'll actually be out at Power Monkey this coming week, um, teaching everybody how to do all of these skills that we just talked about and far more. Uh, hey, make sure that you check him out. We will tag them in the Instagram post, uh, RX Smart Gear. Uh, and, and Dave, brother, thank you so much for the insight. Thanks so much for the conversation, my man. Yeah. Hey, thank you, Kyle. Super, super fun catching up with you. And, uh, and thanks for that really cool intro and the high priest of hopscotch, man. I'm never, <laughs> never going to forget that. Oh uh, man, we got it. We got to get you a nameplate uh, for your desk with that. So, <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, man, thank you for being with us. Hey, and you know what? Uh, we've got the Masters Fitness Championship coming up September 29th, October 1st. It is right around the corner. We're looking forward to seeing you there. Make sure that you follow all of our social media so you can catch the updates. You can catch the interviews. Uh, and hey, you know what? Until then, stay fit. <laughs>